you know, just just any phones, devices in the house, yeah. the other accounts. Let's just be more proactive, guys. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> was, you turned into a passive aggressive <laughs> yeah. retail manager. There. Yeah. Guys, can we guys. please do this? It smells great. Just it smells very good. It's funny because you know when you you know it's really hot, you don't always want a hot drink. Yeah. But there's something so deep. They say it cools you down. They're always like, well, you know, in in, it does. in Saudi Arabia and, and Abu Dhabi, they drink hot tea in the middle of the day. And I'm like, well, well, I think, I think a lot. I think apparently the, that's what the custom of drinking hot tea in in hot weather predates the fridge. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, I cold drinks do cool you down, but I do believe that a hot drink. Although initially raises your body temperature, I think then does lower it. A because bit. it activates the body to go into a cooling mode. I believe so. Whereas if you drink cold drinks, isn't there an argument where it's like you're telling your body to warm itself up? Mm. But you know what? It, 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 it tastes nice and it feels yeah, nice. It feels but good. for a hot drink. You know when you oh, drink something really cold and really you've got an empty spot. stomach and it like fills the lining of your stomach? Mm, you ever had that? And yeah. it like that coldness wraps around your like a like a um in, re- like a, an indigestion advert yeah, it's yeah like literally you feel it acting. <laughs> the, the, the heartburn <laughs> and that's what i'm really aware that i'm um i'm like a sack of flesh and organs because mm. you don't you know obviously in my day-to-day i don't think about that but actually yes. you know there's all sorts going on that i don't control do you also feel i i feel so um mechanical when i'm like you know when you just feel a little bit like oh i feel tired a bit off and then you have like a massive glass of water and you immediately feel yeah. better and you're like oh, oh i'm basically a, a plant yeah. that can talk <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm an organism i forget that i am just organic matter yeah i said this before before we recorded i think human beings do need to photosynthesize mm. i mean i'm sure there's biologists screaming that that's completely incorrect <laughs> right? the wrong but term. we need exposure to sunlight yeah. of course you do yeah and, and the feel vitamins and, and the things sure like that. i'm not creating food but like vitamin yeah. d and what's the isn't the process of photosynthesis in reverse is creating no creating car yeah it's creating carbon yes but it's it's in reverse yeah uh, you take oh god oxygen let's not go down this road we don't know what we're talking about <laughs> my GCSEs were a long time ago uh, back in the day I could have written, you know the photosynthesis equation yeah me C6, too C six H twelve whatever it was yeah, yeah. yeah I um uh, so I've I've had something interesting happen to me the other day not yeah. happened to me I noticed something interesting so I might have mentioned like the other week that. I am commuting to a different location for work. Yeah. It's a different office out in Stratford, um, which is a pretty commute if you're coming from Southwest London yeah. like me. DLR? Um, no. No. Overground? Be- no, uh, no, I'm actually benefiting from the Lizzie line, which is really oh, great. Great. Nice. Um, at last. Uh, I got to Stratford and I got off and I saw a poster for a film. Mm-hmm. And I kind of looked at it and went, cool. And then I double took. I did a double take. <laughs> and I went, that can't be right. What? And I looked at it and it, it's an advert. It's a poster for a film. Yeah. A Kira Knightley film. Okay. Uh, but do you remember the Kira Knightley film, The Aftermath? Ooh. Needless to say, James, the poster for this film came out four and a half years ago. And it's still there. It's still there. The poster is still there for The Aftermath. This, this film came out in January 2019. And it's just there. Kira Knightley... Alexander Skarsgård, Jason Clarke, wow. called the aftermath, and it's ha- it's it's there, a little bit faded, yeah, <laughs> but it's still there. And I was looking at it, I was like, that, that can happen, unbelievable. That's just and it's prime location, yeah, four and a half years. I saw the same thing with the poster for the film, The Imitation Game, also mm. with Kira Knightley, but it yeah. was Benedict Cumberbatch's slightly like confused yeah. face. I just remember because it's quite a striking poster yeah. and it had all like the stars. I'm like, oh, the 
And it was there for ages. It was there for ages. I was like, where? Which station? Oh, I don't know the station, just on the underground. But like, I'm like, in a way, in a way, great value for money. Whoever yeah. paid for that ad, ad yeah. for that, that, that is, you, know, you pay for the bill. time on the assumption that something else is coming behind it. How many it, eyeballs are looking at that? But yeah. you can't even say, oh, it was because of COVID or anything. Uh, my, do you know what my, my assumption is? Is that someone lost the keys that to, they, open, to the open, open the cabinet yeah. to change the poster or it broke off in it and they went, oh God, yeah. it'll cost us too much to get a new frame. So what we're going to do is give free the advertising, <laughs> free advertising to what I've heard is a very poor Kira mm. Knightley film that in, in perpetuity now, like a museum piece, will yeah. just be there. Maybe it will get a resurgence with Londoners on the Elizabeth line. Just like, yeah, the aftermath. Check yeah. that out. Maybe, yeah, if you track the data of commuters on the Lizzie line going home and renting yeah. the aftermath. We should just drill in like a locked frame of Pulp Kitchen. <laughs> Me and you just like, <laughs> let it sit there for years. Yeah. Long, long. Not that we could afford it, but I think it would be good for us to do cheap advertising. Not like, that we could afford it. Of course we can't <laughs> no, afford it. Do you know how much you're expensive I know, I'm is? sure it's hundreds of millions even. But like, I think like commuters, Londoners, seeing us, and I've never seen a podcast I mean, advertised sorry, on, I say on the that. tube. I say that. I see adverts on the tube, on the, you know, the big tube ones. And mm. I'm like, that, that's got a tube advert. You know, like Adventures at Warwick Castle. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the Szechuan dancers from... Yeah, like Jack China. Daniels, I get it. Yeah, I get you it. Know. But like for some sort of like revival gathering yeah. of, of a niche group of people like the toil the tall ships pe- festival tsf you go to tsf this year oh i'm going to tsf i love the t- love yeah. the tall ships festival yeah i'm gonna get myself a little bit of cutty sark the victory i like to you know when they put the festival lineups for like wireless and it starts with like the headliner it's like the killers yeah. and then it's like it's like a little free eye test uh, and then you look yeah. down it's like the blah 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 the blah blah and then it's like uh okay put this on and can and you then, re- then can moving. you tell me who's performing on the alternative stage at two o'clock uh yeah. it looks like uh yeah. the klaxons correct yes yeah so i enjoy those so yeah uh, 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 a a a movie poster that mm. should have long been taken down just there and i'm wondering if people have what's the what's the oldest film poster you've seen still up is it like like what's like is there a is there a movie poster for ang lee's hulk yeah 2003 just rotting like peeled off i want to say on the side of the a, cinema abandoned in, blockbuster in north wales we should do movie poster review like we should choose some really good and really bad movie posters and i'd be love like, to do that that's cool and we should because a lot of them have the same style i'd love to i like love movie posters yeah. design yeah. I mean, we could do that it's very visual Old ones yes it is very visual it's but true. we also these you see these two cameras here james mm. we do film podcasts i must say last week when i was editing the show towards the very end emails in the games the sky behind you beautiful was outstanding stunning outshone me and it, and it me. was it usually like for the start of the podcast as you'll mm. see now in george's shot the sky is blown out because i'm yeah. not i'm not being pressurized i'm not exposing for the sky and you get yeah. out of here but when the sun goes down in this sort oh, of yeah. coming towards the end of the summer there's a this thing where your face and the sky are very nicely exposed and it was purple and orange yeah, it was and wonderful it's you and amazing. me arguing about whether or not Luke's arm or hand was cut off like, with just the most just angelic golden hour stunning. setting. Guys, if you're just listening, flick on the video. This, the video. Uh, this video is sponsored by God, who <laughs> will be delivering <laughs> yeah. the weather today. Um, welcome to episode 90. Off to get... Welcome to episode Nine zero. 90 of the show. Nine Coming zero. out of a lifetime now. Okay, this towards is... the end of commenting on, well, this is the stage of life when... This is this is just, you know, big numbers. This is uh, your nan, your nan's age. Yeah. I don't mean your nan, but yeah. I mean one's nan. One's nan. Um, well, it depends on what age you are now when your parents have kids. 
Um, it's August. It's I hope everyone's having a nice summer. Hot day today. It's it is hot. It's beautiful sunshine. We've yeah. been undersunned this summer in Britain, mm. and uh, today it was a bit of a schwitz. <laughs> I must say, you and I got the tube back here, the Northern Line, in August on a twenty-seven like, degree oh, day. Patches on my back, and I was like, yeah. Unfortunately, there were. I was yeah. wearing a rucksack, and I was like, no. Did a little walk to morning to Crescent. We're out there in London, guys. We're, We're out, out there. there. We sometimes out we sometimes we I walk think together. I, okay, look, I I don't want to toot our own horn here, James, but I when we were sat. In, on the platform of Mornington Crescent, mm. Schwitzing. Yeah. There was a train, a tube that came that we weren't going to get because it was going to the wrong destination, yeah. right? And there was, I want to say, three 16-year-old girls on there. And I did, I, mean, I was talking to you, but I was I looked up and I did see them sort of staring at me. Oh, yeah, the prolonged stare. And then I saw them chatting between themselves and gesturing in our motion. Oh, uh, really? Like, they, they're they're one of the few recognized. people who... who not we don't hang out in the wild that often. No, no, we don't travel. That we often. do. No, we, we, I we, see you all the time. We, we do see each other all the time, but we don't commute travel no. with each other. No. So to actually catch us in the wild together is like a rare Pokemon. Yeah, we're actually not to sound wanky. We're usually seeing each other for like screenings, premieres, yes, other work, official like pop business. kitchen, official official pop kitchen business. Yeah. I wonder if we were to hang out, it'd be fun to get recognised as a pair. We're more likely to get recognised as a pair. Oh, Joe, would be awful. What if they were like, oh, are you George from from Pop yeah. Kitchen? That's so, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so cool, mate. Yeah, yeah. And you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? What do you, yeah. Are you at the podcast as well? Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. that's really oh, good. Cool, yeah. That's really yeah. great. Anyway, George. Anyway, but yes, episode 90. We've got uh, a little quick film review today. Like I said, it is August. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, obviously, lots of emails to read through, but also lots of fun with them. And some good Blue games. Beetle, the bluest of Beatles. Yeah, the yeah. Blue Beetle, where I look, I look at the poster and I see the trailer and I go, surely not. I'm going to get onto it. <laughs> surely not. We're, not. we're not doing that film, are we, still, in we 2023? Are. We are. It's worth discussing. Yes. It's, it's an inflection point of uh, an inf- cinema. An infraction point. Inflection, infraction, inflection. What's an inflection point? Isn't an infraction point a point of, you know, infraction? Is inflection like... R- Your voice. Like it, yeah, it's, infra- it's an infraction yeah, I think it's an infraction point. point. Infraction sounds like you've got an infraction on your card. No, that, yeah, that's a minor infraction, or like, yeah. like, a, like a military disciplinary thing. Yeah, that's a minor infraction, sir. Whereas I'm in, it's an inflection of my own voice. No, no, about. inflection I associate with your voice. He lilted his voice with a minor inflection of sadness. I think you're thinking of reflection. No, that's like part of it. The flexion. <laughs> what are words? Let's do Blue Beetle. So as we were saying before, Blue Beetle. I think off air and maybe a little bit on air has between us been a poster child for a lot of what gives us the ick about not just superhero films, mm-hmm. but modern commercial studio cinema. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it represents a lot in the build up. I'm going to talk about the film later. I think it represents a lot of like the, the, the immense oversaturation and useless commissioning of, of, IP that I worry didn't have anything to say. It's also part of this is this in-between phase of DC, where you know we had the Flash a couple of months ago. We've been told that James Gunn is setting up this new thing, and we're being asked to care about a film yeah. that maybe is or maybe isn't going to be a part of this new yeah. series. And at one point, I'm at one side, I'm like, yeah, like why should I care? Um, about this thing that's not going to be a part of your greater franchise. But I'm also like, is that what it's come to? Can a film not just come out and be good? Does it, uh, does it yeah. have to be leading to its own Avengers-style team-up? Can I not just actually mm. enjoy a film? And 
I, I've ne- not heard of Blue Beetle before, George. Never. No, didn't, couldn't tell you a thing about it. Never seen it, never heard it, never encountered it, never cartoon. They, he never played with John Paul, George, or Ringo. No. And am I, am I fair to saying that Thank from you for the marketing? Thank humoring me there. <laughs> yeah. And am I fair to say that from the marketing, it looked like it skewed maybe a little bit younger, mm. like not necessarily for the, what I would call the wider comic mm. book audience as a whole, which I think quite successfully spans kids to teenagers yeah. to young adults to sometimes like older millennials this seems to be pitched like a miss marvel kind of level teen yeah teen. and so i'm wondering well i think all of the great superhero films work for everyone why sort of shift for this this younger audience in blue beetle yeah i don't know if i agree with that statement me sorry, sorry to interrupt no no please I like, like the conversation the batman oh, that mm. film doesn't work for everyone no joker i don't like it but a lot of people do yeah i like joker um i don't think i don't think you could say that i think i think a, a, i think a film should just <laughs> work it can't it can't a good film really can't work for everyone and i don't think i don't think it's not a kid's film i think great kid, kids films work for mm, everyone yeah. but i don't think a superhero film i think superhero films actually have become compromised trying to work for everyone mm. anyway sorry carry in on. comes blue beetle which um stars zolo maraduena and i apologize for if i'm getting pronunciation wrong who plays jaime reyes um who is sort of young he's just got himself a pre-law degree and he pre-law yeah that's what they said in the film i like don't know how that works America. i think you probably have to then go and get like a separate qualification yeah. i just call it like a law your pre-law it's no good pre-law you need to go do that in your post-law yeah it's kind of like how you get a law degree but then you go on to here you go and I do like the i will stop it so, yeah that's fine and um he's thinking well surely you know as a as a, someone with a law degree i can get walked into any job with with, with all the any anyone would be desperate to have me um, you know, a bright, I'm going to take my family, who's, it's the first Latino superhero story, which I think is quite cool, but I'll get onto sort of the representation of the family, which I found a little bit sort of simplistic and maybe contrived. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he's like, oh, I can take my family who, are, he's like a sort of third generation immigrant. I want to take them and lift them out of poverty. We live in this fictional town where there's like massive technology and, and, and wealth and high rises, but there's also, you know, very low quality housing where like a lot of like some immigrant families live and that's where he finds himself. And he, he wants to be this lawyer who lifts his family out of that situation. And he dreams of one day we have a really big house when actually he works for a hotel company that cleans massive mansions for other people. Through some sort of mishap, he winds up uh, interacting with Jenny Court, who is one of the people who is part of this massive conglomerate played by Bruna Marquezine. Again, apologies. And um, through some sort of mistake, ends up with uh, MacGuffin Blue Beetle that he's told to take and hide if he wants to keep his job. Obviously, he ends up looking at it it is a sort of scarab, large scarab-like thing that's this ancient technology that latches onto his back mm. and sinks itself into his skin. Nice. And from that gives him this sort of like spawning exosuit, exoskeleton with high, high technology inside, a sort of Jarv- Jarvis-esque AI voice mm. that sort of goes, testing, altitude, flying, mm. uh, emergency uh, armored response initiated. Right. And uh, Susan Sarandon plays Victoria Cord, who is part of one of the more evil corpos mm. trying to get this technology back. And how much do you think the check was for her to be in this? <laughs> I, don't know. I saw the casting and I was like, kind of random. Yeah, like, it is random. Ra- just, random Susan Sarandon. Yeah, it's like random Susan Sarandon's there. You've got George Lopez in there as well. Um, Belissa Escobedo. And look, this is my problem with the film. As a film, I actually think it's okay. I think it's fine. The problem is I just thought it had so little to say. Mm. And so watching this, uh, you know, you know what? In a vacuum, I think Blue Beetle is actually more fun and more interesting. But I just think in around the 30, 40 shows, 
and films. I just go like, I'm sorry, I just, I, I, there's nothing in it that I think is really new. Yeah. I, re- I really didn't. we haven't didn't. seen in previous That we haven't yeah. seen before. Like, interactions, I found the actual, like, if I'm trying to channel my inner seven-year-old here, and I'm thinking, what's cool about this? Yeah. Like, what fighty, punchy thing? The suit, like, takes over and actually does a lot of the fighting for, for Jaime automatically. Yeah. And so it's never, the fight scenes were never really that interesting because he's inside this thing which is controlling everything. So no and jeopardy. Like, there wasn't really a sense of jeopardy. Like, sort of towards the end, it, it hits this note, and I think, you know, th- this whole thing about it, being about family and these people really feeling a connection is kind of there. I really don't think it was mm. interesting enough or different enough for me to be latching on. I, 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 w- I was watching it and my mind was really wondering. Mm. I was thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. I was thinking about a thing I need to send off, an email. Because I, I don't feel like the film gave me anything to do, anything to figure out. Mm. I can tell. Just He's, so highly, pro- like highly processed food. Yeah. It's all liquidized. And the and look cheap. of it is a little bit whatever. I'm not that. I don't find like the aesthetic in the world it creates that mm. intriguing. It references Batman. Is that the Batman we've had? If so, it doesn't look like it lives in the Zack Snyder Batman. Yeah. So I'm just like confused. At least with the bad Marvel stuff, I know what I should have seen to keep up. With yeah. the DC stuff, I don't even know what I meant to have watched yeah. to like to like look into it. And I don't want to rail on it. I don't think it's terrible. I'm just like, oh, it just uh, you, got, you start thinking these guys. And I know I'm slagging off Marvel as well, and it's not a Marvel property. They really just are running these things into the ground. They yeah. spin the wheel. What what IP have it's we got inevitable. to well, show? Was, isn't it? It's, just, it's boring. Yeah, it's Bo- boring. boring beetle. Boring beetle. That's well. I can't say I'm surprised. You've yeah. basically said everything. I, I, I bet the cast and everyone who worked on it yeah. gave it. They've got go, good charisma. They've got a good sort of like energy. It's between dead them. on arrival, and it didn't make me laugh once. Yeah, you know, like could have had two or three really good jokes. I was stone faced. Stone faced. And well, like just to say, we watched Flash, and I know not a lot of people yes. agree with us. I laughed a lot through the Flash. Yeah, I was very engaged through the Flash. Yeah, I, I very quickly knew what the characters were trying to do and where they were going yeah. and what needed to be done. That was there. Yeah. And I followed it. Great gags, great ending. And I, and I was really rewarded yeah. for my attention. This, I was like, the, the, all of the sequences and the plot just felt really plodding. Mm. And then the, the representation of the family, I thought, okay, cool, we've got a Latino super, superhero put with, with the family on the biggest stage, you know, give it, given a voice. And I actually found the presentation of that family. I'm like, okay, you've done this. Is that, was that the story you're telling? Felt a little bit simplistic really? and reductive like, about the immigrant story. Cliché? Yeah, clichéd, if, if I may say so. Mm. Um, I was like, oh, is that, that's, that's the story we're telling about this guy. You feel like almost like you would have probably thought that up. Yeah. But it should have been thought up in a much more genuine, like, yeah. Yeah, like studio commissions. Yeah, oh dear. So, I, 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 you know what's annoying is that when I think about what I want to say for this film, it's, I'm going to rail into it more because it bored me. Whereas there was some element that I found interesting. Yeah. I don't feel like I need to criticise it much because I don't think it's awful. Just very, very generic and very plain. Mm. It could be completely lost in the shuffle. And I think that is a shame. And it just makes me... On my walk home from the cinema, I was just scratching my head thinking, these, uh, the heads of these you know, Disney overlords, whatever you want to call it, I know Marvel and Disney and DC are different. They, they really need to learn the art of building your audience's appetite mm. with Star Wars. Like, it doesn't matter. With Star Wars? Star Wars, Disney, all yeah. of it, Marvel, uh, everything. I'm saying, like, if you have just eaten a massive meal mm. 
and you're full. It doesn't matter how good a dish I put in front of you, you're not yeah. interested. Yeah. It's like rest Star Wars, rest Marvel, rest yeah. these things. Let, let me want to see these types of stories again. Yeah, they should almost like take turns. It's just, it's just too much. And I know I'm attributing other studio things with, with this film, but you can't help but look at it and go, is this what we're offering? Mm. It's very poor. Well, if you've seen Blue Beetle, <clears throat> write in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and let us know your thoughts. I would like to know, I'd be interested to know if anyone had a better time than James yeah. out there. Um, because like I said, unfortunately you did confirm exactly what I thought by yeah. looking at it. Um, it would be interesting to know if anyone disagrees. Again, write in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. If people in, who are slightly younger or who have younger siblings, kids who yeah. had something, who enjoyed, enjoyed it, I, I really don't think they would. Do you know what I also think is happening as well is that you've had this massive thing with Barbie and Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible in, in third place. Yeah. Because like my parents went to see Mission Impossible like just last week, so it's still yeah. running. And it's like everything after that for the summer bill is kind of a moot point. Mm. It's kind of like what, what Blue Beetle has, even though it's coming out six weeks, four weeks after Barbenheimer. Yeah. W- wouldn't people not only have rather have gone to see Barbie and Oppenheimer, which they still can, they can just go and rewatch it if yeah. they want to. Like that's the competition. Those films were so big that it, it's actually competing with the reruns of the previous films. Mm. So we get this like monthly superhero uh, scratch card in the yeah, cinemas yeah, now. Yeah. It's like there's basically one a month. Is that keeping the cinemas alive? Is it, I actually think it probably has a damaging effect where it's like, is that all there is in cinemas now? I don't want to see that. Yeah. I just personally, again, I prejudged it. Unfortunately, I was, I was right. But I looked at the, the whole branding of yeah. it, the style, and I just think, I just really don't fancy that at all. What's the big idea, literally? Yeah. yeah. What's the big idea? Yeah. So, so what? So what? So, George, on my, uh, on my travels, I finally caught up with Spider-Man across Spider-Verse. Right. Yeah, great. Finally got down to it. It's out on Amazon Prime now. I loved it. Oh, great. It's good. That was so good. Yeah. I am so in love with the Spider-Verse films. Yeah. You totally undersold it. Yeah. Wow, what an animation. <laughs> yeah. uh, just like that, the Spider-Man story that is being told there is so, so thought-provoking yeah. and heartfelt. I loved, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to do very minor spoilers, very minor. I love how much this whole film was, yes, about growing up, but it was about the interactions between parent and child yeah. and father son daughter father and how important those are and and the way in which it visually shot all of those scenes when it was like Gwen Stacy talking to Captain Stacy yeah. uh, Miles talking to his mom or his dad and they set them like apart on the screen and yeah. the background sort of fades in and out depending on the emotion it's just beautiful yeah. and then, and then uh, it, it's so chaotic and hectic but I'm following it and it's clear and it, and it's precise mm. and it just made me feel something and it's just and like all of the shots in it are like all the shots we couldn't ever do with a camera. No, exactly. Done. That's what I love about it. And yeah. it's exactly why you should do an animation. So it feels so comic book. And, and the, I, I think the idea of like 5,000 Spider-Men in one universe yeah. doesn't sound that fun, but it was done so well. I loved all of the audio and visual Easter eggs. Yes. I thought they were brilliant. Yeah. And then on the whole being part one because yes. there was something that a lot of people commented on you commented on because you're going into it knowing this the, Go, the thing and, and I really went in yes thing like I'm ready to be part one I know this is going to hard yeah. stop and I think you know in the last 40 minutes you get a sense for what will have happened and where it's going and I was actually with it and I was excited to see how it was going to part one me. And the way in which the last half an hour slowly reveals what's actually happened. The, the eyes, yeah. the iris is widening, the camera zooming in, flicking between different scenes. I was like, this is great. Can't wait. Get me part two or part three. Love it. Cool. I, I had such a good time. I'm glad. Joy filled. 
Oh, uh, you made me want to rewatch it. I mean, I liked it. I just yeah. had a migraine, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. And it's a, it's a film that on a migraine maybe is a little bit. In IMAX. A little bit much. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad to see it. I'm really like that. Shall we read out some emails? Let's do it. You know, you know when you're watching a film, you're like really smiling? Yeah. That's what I had. Like the Lego bit. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's so good. The, uh, the Andrew Garfield inclusion. Oh, fantastic. And, the... and, uh, and you won't get it, but the uh, Spider-Man PS4 bit was great was with Yuri. Yeah. yeah, like they had the whole... So he was playing the game in the beginning, his roommate was, and then they're like Yuri Lowenthal Spider-Man, which is a great... The Insomniac Spider-Man games are fantastic. Um, and he, that, that, he, him, he's in there. Like, that, oh, it's great. Loved it. And then, like, you hear the voice of Alfred Molina. Hello, Peter. Oh, it's thrown in there, like, when there's Dr. Octopus references. You know that? Hello, Peter. I think for Spider-Verse 3, Tom Holland is going to get a big part in that film. More than a cameo. More than a cameo. Because they withheld him in two. They used basically everyone else. Yeah. Not used, but, like, had everyone else show up from the Raimi films to, you know, other stuff to the PlayStation. I think... Tom Holland Spider Man, and he's also on in, on social media been like, I love Spider Verse. I think Spider Verse is the best Spider Man films. My bet is that he turns up and he's a pretty significant part in fixing the wrongdoings across so, the Spider Verse. Isn't that going to be like some sort of massive wrangling between Sony and Marvel behind the scenes? Yes, but they're kind of mates now. Like uh, yeah. they had the fallout when it was Civil War. No, when it was after yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. second Homecoming film. And now I think they're quite good at okay. like having things come in, and, and the Sony light film license and the Marvel film license are kind of they right. understand that they can make loads of money doing this. So it's like more than a cameo, but less than a, it's like a guest spot, like a guest spot, like you would yeah. like a TV show, and maybe, maybe a ten-minute sequence. Yeah, I think there'll be like a big scene, Minimal and then another moment. Yeah, yeah, three days filming for Tom Holland. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, maybe two weeks. Two weeks. It could be two weeks. A week. Who knows? <laughs> Plus travel. <laughs> yeah. Let's go through some of the emails that we get sent during the week. George, if people wanted to send us an email, you can do by emailing in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Just like Dan did. Dan writes into the show Dan. and says, hello, George and James. I'm a, good consu- I'm a new consumer to your podcast, Nectar, while working mm. and living out in Gibraltar. It brings a constant hello. joy listening to your back catalogue of episodes out here, much to my girlfriend's chagrin. I like the word chagrin. Yeah. I hope she'll be converted, though. Yes. Maybe maybe that chagrin will turn into... Play it on the house speakers. <laughs> She's fairly new. Guys, uh, if anyone likes to listen to the show, get your partner's phone and just go to us on Spotify. Yes. Follow. Sus- subscribe. Give five us the f- five-star rating. Yes, please. And yeah. then just go... You know, just, just any phones or devices in the house, yeah. other accounts, let's just be more proactive, guys. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that was, you turned into a passive-aggressive yeah. retail manager there. Yeah. Guys, can we guys, please do this? It's going to get really busy. Okay, Thank the you. manager's getting really annoyed. Okay, go. She's fairly new to film, so I'm trying to indoctrinate her into a wide range of my favourites. I've created a list we are slowly working our way through, but do you have any recommendations, old or new, that I could add to her list? Any genre that might have slipped past me? Keep the episodes coming. Your spark, genuine passion, and wit lighten up my days. Dan. Uh, just go to the IMDb top 250 yeah. and just put that on shuffle, basically. Yeah, you, 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 that's usually a good shout. You're, yeah, they're, they're a little bit male heavy. That's anything about the top 50, but you're, you're, you will get through some of the, the obvious classics. You know, I'm going to quickly choose one from the 250, George. Number one is? The Shawshank? Yes, yeah, of yeah. course it is. Number two? Godfather. Yes. Number three? Is it? Godfather Part Two. It's Dark Knight. Uh, yes, Dark Knight. Uh, four is Part Two. And then I'm, five is Pulp Fiction. And uh, five is Twelve Angry Men. Oh, Pulp Fiction is eight. S- oh, really? It slipped down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Shinner's List in there. Six. Return of the King. Seven. Pulp Fiction. Eight. Fellowship of the Ring. Nine. Number ten. I don't think you'll get it. 
You know uh, that recent? Book. No. Old. Yeah. Citizen Kane. No. Vertigo. No. The, the bad and the ugly. Uh, but this is Forrest Gump at eleven. That will rough. But you know what I mean, like quite male heavy films. Very, yeah. very. And then you got Fight Club next. Social Network. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna choose. Ooh. Oh, it's a Wonderful Life at twenty one. That's a good a gr- one. A great. You know yeah. what? That that's a great one. To that's do. a great one. Because that has that's a great story. It's an old film. It's got a. It's really emotional, but yeah. beautifully emotional. You you will cry. Uh, Parasite at thirty five. If she didn't catch Parasite. Brokeback Mountain. Underwatched. Yeah. Underseen. Yep. Not underseen. It's been watched a lot. Yeah. I mean, under, 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 regardless of the fact Adjectives. that it was, it was underappreciated. I still think that film is, un, I think people, the thing is about Brokeback Mountain as a movie, which I bring up because I saw it on the stage, mm. which I mentioned last week, is that people who haven't seen that film think it is one, this one type of film over yeah. here. And when you watch Brokeback Mountain, you go, oh, this film is actually like sensational. so, yeah, sensational. And Deep. also just different to what I thought it would be. Yeah. And just not, it's been reduced so many times you pop culture to this it's a bit of a gay meme. cowboy film. Yes, yeah. it is. Gay cowboy. It's a meme. It's a punchline. No, yeah. And you watch it. And Ooh, it's, one of the best, <laughs> it's one of the best love yeah. stories it's all time. in cinema. Yeah. Pretty beautiful film. Thank you very much. Next email is from Megan, who says, hello, Mr. Pulp and Mr. Kitchen. I like that. Nice. Like very yeah, Mr. Res- yeah, very Mr. Blonde, yeah. Mr. Pulp, Mr. Kitchen. Well, why do I have to be Mr. Kitchen? <laughs> I got my friend. He's going to come in. His name's Mr. Kitchen. <laughs> Uh, about that seemed like a fake laugh, but I was genuinely <laughs> laughing. I did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. About a week ago, I stumbled upon your podcast, nice and I'm now listener. binging it all. So far, up to episode 23, binging it in order. Yeah, yeah, that's brave. Good for you. And you've been talking a lot about underrated films, and oh, I yes, wanted that's... to throw it in my thoughts. Underrated actor. Lee Pace. Okay, yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, well, just on Lee Pace. Yeah, I, I love Lee Pace and things. Uh, He's currently in The Foundation, which I've heard a first science good thing. Series. Yeah, science fiction uh, from the based off the Isaac Asimov novel, I think, right. with Jared Harris. He's got great presence, great yes. voice. He, he does, uh, like, Threading. royal, pious, yes. slightly bellowing deep like he played um thranduil in the hobbit yes that's the first time i saw him and he was really really good guardians galaxy but also again i've mentioned this many times but he was in that show he's really buried under makeup in guardians which is a shame if you're lee pace he comes back for like one scene in captain marvel really randomly yeah and in the post tease for you know when they tease thanos the first time he's like on that moon where is Thanos he? is there. No, I, don't I think, think he so. He's somewhere no, around there. Confusing that with a scene in Guardians. Anyway, uh, he's also in that show which I've talked about before, uh, *Halt and Catch Fire*. He was brilliant. Now that's you know him in his John Hamm mode. Oh, but sorry, I'm starting to hear good things about the Foundation. Right, good. One of those very expensive-looking Apple TV series that had like this really big splash, but like didn't really, no yes. one really paid attention. But I hear season two, people are like kind of watching and oh, discussing good. it. Okay. Uh, James, um, Megan would like to would love to hear our thoughts on her favorite three films: mm-hmm. Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson, Incendies by Denis Villeneuve, which I think, which if you haven't seen, I think you will both love. It has the greatest opening scene ever. That must be one of his early ones. I've never heard of that one. Um, and The Fall with Lee Pace, directed by Tarsem Singh. I think The Fall is the single greatest film showcasing cinematography and color and scale like no other. The DVD box simply says. David Fincher and Spike Jones present screenplay by Dan Gilroy, directed by Tarsem Singh. That's now, a lot of names. Wow. <laughs> now, if that isn't incentive to watch, I don't know what it is. The production history behind it is also incredible. Possibly an idea for a feature on the pod. Interesting production yeah. stories, troubles from well-known That'd films. Be cool. Just on those three films, I'm ashamed to say I've seen none of them. 
Uh, I've seen Under the Skin, which is I think you'd find that really yeah, interesting. Love to it's see a it. really John Jonathan Glazer only makes like one film every ten years. He made Sexy Beast, which I, I love, which is great yeah. fun. And then Under the Skin is this incredibly cryptic, strange science fiction film with Scarlett Johansson as an alien yeah. in Glasgow preying on men uh, in in like a white van. And the first time I saw it in cinema, I th- I found it you know interesting but so cryptic. And then I saw it again about a year later, and I really got more out of it. And nice. I think. It's it's really haunting. There's one scene in it as well. It's really like, oh my god, that's really hard to mm. watch because of the. It's it's not an act of violence. It's an implication of an act of violence. Mm. Something is done, which means, oh my god, violence will happen off screen now. Yes, I love and that. it's uh, that's brilliant. I haven't seen Incendies by Devenilve, but The Fall with Lee Pace, that one, the Tarsum Singh one. I have had that on my watch list for a long time. It's just one of those incredibly like random mm. mid noughties uh, films that just sort of sits in, in some sort of weird netherscape in the cultural landscape. A lot of people have this, it has this kind of cult following, but it doesn't look like any other film. It's hard to see what it's actually about. It seems kind of like magical realism. I really, really want to see it. I didn't know it was uh, from a sk- screenplay by Dan Gilroy. I forgot to tell you, by the way. You know, we talk about, like, we've got so many great films we need to watch or rewatch, but there's never, like, a normal time to put on that kind of film. Yeah. I saw this TikTok about this phenomenon, and this guy was like, I know how to do it. What you do is you put it in your diary in, like, three months' time. Ah. So, like, you say, I'll never really have that. So, oh, but, like... Uh, that's the day I meant to watch that film. Instead of like waiting for yourself to have the time, yeah, which you like pre-schedule the time to watch the film. I think that's really good. That's a that's a ten of life. And then it's quite really. exciting because like you put twenty five of these in your calendar for the next two years. You're like, oh, I've got so many exciting films. I just know I'm going to watch, and you put them in the calendar. Obviously, Obviously, like you could cancel it, but I know which probably happens. But that's actually quite a good idea. Um, Megan goes on to say, I love your podcast. I love the way you talk about films. I'm a long comedian, and your podcast fits beautifully alongside the Good Doctors reviews. Nice. And as a total utter film IMDb and weird film fact nerd, I love your games and quizzes. Thank nice. you, Megan. That's very sweet. It won't take very long to binge you binge up to present podcasts. So hopefully, I'll hear your thoughts on these films before too long. Megan from Lancaster, currently 124 films Whoa. watched in 2023 as of August 1st. That is huge. Aiming for 250 for the year. I've clocked 225 last year on Letterboxd. That's that amazing. Is insane. You're watching, if you get to 250, you're doing what? That's, that's two, <laughs> 356 days uh, of the year. It's 52 films in a, 52 weeks in a year. So yeah. that's probably you're doing five a week. I did in lockdown, I did 150 in 2020. That's good. That is good. But that's when I had a lot of time, like the world did. This next one's from Chris, who says, Hello, Pop Kitchen. I've only just discovered your podcast, but have now gone back and I'm working my way through your episodes from the start. I just can't get enough of your posh boy accents. <laughs> I live in Glasgow, so any accent sounds posh to me. Fair enough. I write in with a question that I've been grappling with for a while now. What do you think the best true trilogy is? Now, by this, I mean a trilogy where there are only three films and that's it. No more sequels, prequels, reboots, remates, or dirty straight-to-DVD cash grabs. I don't count other media such as TV shows, computer games, or graphic novels. This immediately nullifies some favorites such as the original Star Wars trilogy, Lord of the Rings, etc. I do not count spiritual sequels either, so this rules out the likes of the Cornetto trilogy. I'm not sure if there is a perfect true trilogy of what we are left with, but an obvious weak link uh, such as The Godfather Part 3 or Back to the Future Part 2. So I was wondering if you guys could maybe use your film knowledge and help me nail down the best true trilogy of all time. Thanks, Chris, George. Well, Chris, you are showing yourself to be a new listener because, James, (laughs) what is my answer going to be? Well, we did an episode which was titled... The best trilogy of all time? I think so, yeah. And which, of course, is... No, uh, 
Go find out. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I have to go, Chris, go and watch the episode. You're right, you're right. Go yeah. to the back, Backcast. We post this about January. It was a bonus episode. And for any of uh, elders of you who do not know, scroll down on your little feed. And uh, I really was about to say it then. You got me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and also, and... we got loads of compliments about yeah. that episode. Um, the only thing is, it is spoiler-filled. So Spoiler-filled. So maybe find, find out, go and watch. Yeah. Come back. But, but I think pretty... Uh, I'm thinking about other trilogies. I'm pretty happy to defend that to the hill that is yeah, a yeah. pretty solid in terms of consistency of quality across three films i need like an consistency algorithm of message consistency of themes yeah against something like toy story had it but then they made a fourth one no i know so you've ruled a lot of things out um would yeah you, would you put lord of the rings in there for you yeah it's easily I think that is yours it, it, i mean it is like one of the best uh it's, it's a trilogy that really feels like one piece because hmm. it kind of it was shot like that it's very special it's unlike anything i don't do you think the original Star Wars trilogy works as a as a trilogy? I don't think it's up there with the greatest, but like, like do you think it works nice? as a trilogy? No, like, you know, like, well, okay, in the way that the new trilogy didn't. Do you, oh, you can yeah. go from A to B to C. Yeah, minus a couple of like sister romances oh, and yeah. s- subtle inconsistencies with like Obi Wan and how the Force works. Right. You told me he betrayed and murdered my father. Oh, yes. Like a little bit of like we're no, sort of writing around yes. this. Um, okay. The man they thought was your father became ha- Darth Vader. Although I haven't seen uh, the Three Colors trilogy of red, white, and blue, uh, but I yeah. believe that's a thematic trilogy, not mm, a. So that probably would also yeah. be ruled out. I, I, I feel like I need to write out, get all the films into an algorithm, and then you put your rules in, and we'd yeah. only be left with a couple. But but listeners who have been with the show for a while will already know my answer. But yes, but why why not have trilogies that? That, that have prequels or spin-offs. You can still watch I guess it's Star Wars without engaging have, with the prequels or whatever. You, it's, I think it's the, the, the structure. It's, it's, the, it's the, the cleanliness of it. Yeah, it's, that's it. That's what you get. You've used it. You can't get a bit more over here. You can't mm. explore these characters. No, no. That's what you And get. the trilogy, we're for some reason not talking about. Well, you've, that you've, you've put chosen. an embargo on it. You just <laughs> stop it. You've just. For some reason, we're not talking about Because you have to check out the episode. There's, a, there's something to admire about how those films take place years apart. Yes. And, and that they still. intended to be a trilogy. Feel very similar, but are different because of how they work through time. Like that. <laughs> You're in for a treat, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next. All email. of our old listeners are like, oh, oh I've heard, heard all this. I've heard all this heard before. This before. Hey. This next email is from Guy, um, who writes, Hello, sirs, long-time listener, second-time contributor. Upon listening to the most recent episode, I was pleasantly surprised to hear you mention the, 2020 f- the 2012 film Place Beyond the Pines. Yes, this is James talking about mm-hmm. how Ken in Barbie, Ryan Gosling as Ken, looks like uh, Ryan Gosling in Place Beyond the Pines. Um, you mentioned it as being flawed, as was curious to know what you meant. This is one of my favourite films and sits on the edge of my Hallows top five, which include the original Lion King, Drive, The Princess Bride, The Matrix, and nice. Pulp Fiction. Would you care to expand on your thoughts of the film? I find it to be incredibly moving when exploring the very dynamics of the often complex father-son relationship, along with the important lesson of how important of the role of a father is, and, and to contrast, showing the importance of, of inherent personalities or soul of a person and how this could drive to oppose a father. I believe this may be a reason why my long-suffering girlfriend and her sister really did not <coughs> enjoy this film upon watching. <coughs> Excuse me. I was baffled by this reaction and have spent the odd tube journey here and there trying to figure out why. As always, your insight is welcome. Sirens on our end. Yours, Guy. Now, just quickly, I think mm. just to, if those who haven't seen it, The Place Beyond the Pines, 2020, 2012 film yeah. from with Ryan Gosling in, it is this kind of Greek tragedy structured um, 
story multi-generational. chapter yeah multi-generational film which which was a nice surprise when i first watched it and it begins in what you later realize is the 1980s yeah with ryan gosling as a kind of guy on the wrong side of the law who's a bit of a checkered past he he he's a strong silent type who rides his bike the bad his, boy yeah you, you want to go and run away with on a motorbike exactly and he rides his his motorbike at the circus for money and Rob's he discovers yeah time. Well, no but this you know he finds out he's he's, he's got a child oh fine yeah. on the way and he decides to put his excellent mot- motorbike dirt bike skills uh into robbing local banks yeah the second chapter that 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 story with Ryan Gosling like grows and then it suddenly reaches a like a point and then the next chapter follows Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. in a role I think he's really good in yeah. as a police officer. His first time coming out of the hangover role yeah. like, oh he's an actor. And doing stuff like that. And then there's a third chapter afterwards, and it's really this kind of marked storied um uh chapters. I, I like the film. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, me I've too. always liked it. I've always seen, seen it in a while. I thought but... it was a really noble effort. I, when I said it was flawed, I think it's just because that third chapter I can see the point of it. It's just like it just feels very um and not very not very subtle. I think it's long as well. I yeah. think by the time you get to that final act, I was like, oh, it's kind of dragging and, and I, the the multi multi uh protagonist structure yeah. means I'm not sure who I'm meant to be paying attention to. Yeah. And it's sort of the handover. I th- again, I think I think it is a really good film. Yeah. I found the handover maybe a bit clunky. Yeah, and I I just also find that it's just a, it gets a little bit <laughs> you know melodramatic in the third in the third in the third with the way the drama is cut i will say beautifully shot beautiful it's shot by i might be getting this wrong i think it's a guy called sean bobbitt who also shot steve mcqueen's hunger and shame Mm. um and it's just beautiful to look at i do get sent clips a lot of like really beautiful scenes and riding the bike through the pines yeah and it's got that tune where it's like yeah yes it's 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 a really interesting film i think great trailer Really, a really beautiful trailer, yes, and a great Ray Liotta as a supporting actor oh, in yeah. it, and Mahershala Ali's in it, yeah, Eva Mendes, um, Ben Mendelsohn, Rose Byrne. Oh, it's Rose Byrne. Yeah, Rose, it? Byrne. Yeah. Rose Byrne is Bradley Cooper's wife in it. I nice. Okay, yeah. yeah. Dane DeHaan. Yeah. And, and, great uh, cast. Yeah, it's, it's really I think I've done it as a castless countdown a while I think, ago. I think you did it with Phil Dunster. Oh, it I did. Think did. Yes. I think he had no idea no. what that film <laughs> was. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Guy, for that email. This next one is from George, who no, writes... No, no, we're going to go back down to do Tommy now to end the... This last one is from Tommy, who says, Hi, guys. I've been thinking about writing this email for a long time. I've never had the time or energy. I'm currently in bed, buzzing, unable to sleep after, de- after delivering a calf by C-section, a.k.a. the skylight exit. So I thought, <laughs> feck it, let's write this. Here we go. As a vet, not some kamikaze farmer with a fetish for cutting pregnant cows open, (laughs) I spend endless hours traversing the countryside of Ireland, treating the local animals, listening to everything. When a similar film review podcast, who must not be named, went on hiatus, I began looking around for alternatives and found you guys, and God, have you filled a gap and more. An emailer recently described you as cozy, and I have to concur. Do you concur with what, sir? Do you concur? Do you get that reference? I concur. That's uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, of course. Yeah, brilliant. Do you concur? I, I do concur. I do that at work all the time. Like, do you concur? And like some people aren't, then other people will weren't even acknowledge it. They'll go, yeah, I concur. <laughs> it's a nice little uh, subtle reference. Uh, knowing I get to spend a few hours in your company in an often lonely job driving on my own around country roads gives me that drinking in the pub snug with your mates vibes, oh, which you. is the antithesis of the often gore exploits of a farm vet. Thanks, lads. You sound like two absolute gents. Thank you. 
Anyway, I'm, prov I'm prov prevaric prevaricating. prevaricating. Anyway, I'm prevaricating around the bush with regard to question. With the release of Oppenheimer, I got a pang of nostalgia for the Christopher Nolan back catalogue. Almost 10 years ago, I was in uni. I just survived a vet ball, hanging out with my arse, <laughs> sick with a drink, and made the best cinema decision. Go to Interstellar on my own with a hangover. I can't explain fully what a cinema experience that was. I'm not sure if it was a lack of sleep, my excess blood alcohol level, or the quality of the film and score, but I could only describe it like a religious experience. The preface of the film is a space adventure, but quickly realizing by the end of Act One, this was about grief and loss. My face often mirrored McConaughey's in the watching videos back scene because I myself had lost a sibling in a road accident almost 10 years to the day previously. Yeah. The film brought up so much that had happened in that decade that had long be since been buried. So when McConaughey watches those videos back from his daughter, those truths of conversation often said in intimate moments at gravesides, recorded and beamed across the universe to a loved one to see 25 years later, it hit me right in the gut. The reconciliation scene in the end is often one I've mulled over. Those quiet words of hope and fun that I could share with a lost one loved with a lost loved one in the future. Truly one of the best pieces of writing by a master of their craft. I've never felt so seen. Needless to say, the film stayed with me, but for all the right reasons. My question, finally, what is your best cinema experience? Not necessarily the best film, and has a film ever affected you like that? All the love, Tommy. Sent from an iPhone in a from a colonial rebel with a dodgy reception in a clapped out Jeep in Cork. <laughs> Sorry, um, that's a great email. Thank really you so great much. Really great email. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Just on Interstellar, yeah, like that, uh, it is a really captivating and magical film. Mm. And those moments where, you know, I mean, spoilers for Interstellar, it's been, it's been a few years, I assume yeah. you've seen it. Those moments when he is slamming against the back of the bookcase, oh. begging himself to yeah. stop. And then that, that scene where he sees Murph in her 80s, yeah. surrounded by all the family is, it's so hard because that is the scene that everyone wishes they could one day do. Everyone wants to wants to be there to mm. see their loved ones right before they go mm. and have that connection and apologize for the things that you were never able yeah. to do, everything you were insufficient with, you know, reconcile the distance you were apart. Yeah. And then like let you go off. So I can imagine that was just really special. And I think Interstellar is just brilliant I, in its own way. I really do like hearing about people's very profound individual experiences yeah. in the cinema because that's basically what it's all about yeah isn't it really it's not we sit i know we sit here week on week and we talk about the things that don't quite work in films and things that we like and, and review films in a kind of you know comprehensive way mm. but really it's about how it strikes you like a thunderbolt moment like yeah that. and almost the, the, the quality of the film is kind of irrelevant it's we're, just what gets you we're always linking personal experiences and memories to things you see on screen and you compare and contrast mm. them with your own lived experience and Do what you, you would have done in terms, of, in terms of like what's your best cinema experience we have answered that question quite a few times so i'm just going to move, move on from that but see previous episodes yeah. for for examples but in terms of like have i ever had that reaction with the film i don't think i've had it with the film but i did have something quite similar um, in the theatre when I went to see War Horse, right? Uh, Which is yeah. like, I, it kind of took me by surprise. Like, I, 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 I'd, I'd, have, I'd missed War Horse for years. I was meant to go on a school trip, but I ended up having an audition mm. when I was like 13, BBC. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, James, I didn't get yeah, the Yeah, no shit, because you're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I, did, I didn't read the book. I didn't see the film. And then I've, it was on at the National again. And I was like, oh, you know, why not? Cheap, yeah. cheap tickets. And there was something, we were watching it, and I don't know what happened, but like in the first act, it was just all the stuff about um, young men going to war and the sort of the looming sense of the inevitable slaughter yeah. of these very young, <laughs> very young men. And I don't know what it is. It really struck a chord with me. 
And I think partly because it kind of mirrors a family story in my family, uh, on, on my granddad's side, and mm. I... Uh, I got to the end of the first act and I couldn't speak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, War Horse is really yeah. tough. And it's a, a really yeah. tough watch. She turned to me and she was like, okay. And I was like, and I had to just like remove myself yeah. from, uh, from the theater. But um, yeah, even now just thinking about it, that was, that was great experience. Yeah. You want, you want, you want to feel it. So that I, I don't, I don't begrudge that experience. That was a great thing to have happen. Yeah. Mine, my one's also a Makes massive alive. bummer. Not a cinema experience, but when I, I'd seen Schindler's List in pieces, mm. like, you know, just being like young Jewish. You do, you are yeah. exposed to film. And it was only when I was like uh, 14 or 15, I was like, no, I should really watch this down in its entirety. And to this day, I've never had such like uh, something really bring me down for a prolonged period of time after, mm. after I've seen it and really make me think. It's such a good film. Yeah. And I think you you can hear about statistics and you can hear about... you can, So many times we... Uh, I don't think this is anyone's fault. Like, for the interest of time, we brush past the incidents that yeah. have happened because it's, it's you ha- to get into it, you have to do it properly. Yeah. And that film really does engage with it properly in a beautiful, stylistic way. And I remember seeing it and be like, oh, wow. Yeah. And then, like, a personal collection as well, like, also really, like, enhances that. But, um, yes, yeah, not to bump, bump anyone out. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's great. It, it, it's, I, I know I just said it, but it's, it when stuff like that happens, even though it can feel painful, mm. it makes you feel alive. Yeah, it makes 100%. You feel yeah, that's like, that's why we do it. That's why we're all here. We're longing for connection to experience the same joy, pain, sadness. We are just floating on the other side of a bookcase, <laughs> yeah. merely watching Smash. our lives. I um, love it. It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Um, I think we should leave the emails there for today. But, Let's do um, it. Thank you very much for uh, writing in, everyone. We will, of course, continue to write the, read them out throughout the Also, weeks. I love Tommy just describing what he's doing when he's listening. That's great. Yeah. Delivering calves by C-section, driving across the, is it the Irish countryside. We, yeah, I also, like, compared to that kind of work, I couldn't, have, I couldn't feel less relevant. Yeah. You know, like, sitting here, yeah. sipping tea, talking Our about online jobs. Well, yeah. You know, Tommy's covered in calf blood. <laughs> calf placenta? I don't yeah, know. I bet there's, like, real long wellies that go up to the mid-thighs. The waders. Yeah, yeah, the waders, overalls, the, yeah. glove, the glove that goes up the arm. <laughs> I see, they literally I th- grab it. I didn't think you were going to say arm there. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, very interesting life. And another another member from the Irish contingent, which, we, which we're always big fans of. Guys, thank you so much for sending in your emails today. As always, if you wanted to send an email into the show, you can do by writing into hello at kitchenpodcast.com. James, we end this episode, as we do every time, with some games. Nice. And this week, I've got three rounds of an old classic. It's one we love to do. It's it's a fan favourite. Yeah. It is, of course, The Movie Opposites. My favourite. I've written some out some, I've written out some movie opposites for you, James. As we know, quick fire. I'm going to run through them for you. Antonyms, even. Antonyms, at best. Yeah. <laughs> opposites, mostly. Weird sort of even, negative association. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Some of them are even almost like weird synonyms, but, you know, basically messed up movie titles. Yeah. So I'd like to play them with Daniel Craig in Skyfall. <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah. just, he's all bruised up and unfit. Don't you mean Casino Royale? No, no, you, no you mean Skyfall. the, I, I know he's like, Skyfall. Yeah. Skyfall. It's an M, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or your Ryan Gosling and it's like interlinked, you know, when he does in Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay, James, three rounds of movie opposites. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yes, ready. James, guess the movie from its opposite film title in three, two, one. Cat night, mid morning. Dog day, uh, a dog day, dot afternoon. Dog day, dog, afternoon. Dog, 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 dog afternoon. Found salt woman. Uh, lost pepper. <laughs> Searching for sugar man. 
the women who look away from cows. Uh, men who stare at goats. Yes. Upright. Downfall. Down, down left. Sideways. Sideways. Upscaling. Da- downsizing. Yes. Coffee with Mao. <laughs> what? <laughs> tea with... Oh, oh, what is it? Oh, <laughs> tea with... Oh, tea with Mussolini. <laughs> Fromage. Not, so not cheese, but it would be the opposite of French. What? Chocolat. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. I like that. Polish. Uh, 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 dirty. Uh, Grease. Uh, Grease. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> None this blues. Some, some like it hot. No, some None that... this blues. All that, all the reds, all the... All that jazz. Ah, yes, blues. blues. Yeah, okay. Ring at the villa. Knock at the cabin. Yes. The sight of wood. The sound of... Uh, uh, the sound of metal. Yes. yes. Well done. <laughs> I thought fromage was quite good. Because <laughs> yeah. cheese and chocolate are kind of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, very good. Well done there. I was like, the, the opposite of a French language is... <laughs> Coffee with Mao? You don't yeah, yeah. I watch a movie called <laughs> Coffee with, with Mao. Mao yeah. um, okay, are you ready for your second round, yes. James? Here we Ooh. go. Okay. Guess the movie based on its opposite film title in three, two, one. Mundane Man. Mundane or mundane? Mundane man. Exciting woman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Ah. The first president. The last servant? The last emperor. emperor. Last ah, emperor. Okay. Captive girl. Uh, captive girl. Free Willy. Free, free man. Free, <laughs> free guy. Free, free Willy. Free guy. Free guy. <laughs> the witch of New Zealand. The wizard of Oz. Well done. Pebble of minutes. Stone of hours. No. Rock of ages. Ah. Life on the Thames. Death on the Nile. Yes. First day in Shoreditch. Last, first day, last night in Soho. Yes. <laughs> the airline parents. The railway children. Yes. Sad hands. Happy feet. Yes. A daydream under Oak Lane. <laughs> and the nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Every single one. I love it. It's been good. That was very good. (laughs) Daydream on Oak Lane. Which sounds like a film. When you make them. A daydream under... It's like a Nicholas Sparks film. (laughs) A daydream (laughs) under Oak Lane. Starring Channing Tatum (laughs) and Rachel McGuinness. When you make them, do you giggle to yourself? I do a little bit. I do. I'm cackling. All of these took me 40 minutes on my commute home. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready for your last round, James? Did you get them? Did you get them? We're having a good gig. Oh, good fun. I feel like if someone watched us, they'd think we're like such fucking nerds. Yeah. Like Dungeons and Dragons kids in the corner, like playing. What about this one? Like the day oak thing. Sorry. Okay. James? Yep. Guess the movie based on its opposite film title in three, two, one, dying. Living. Yes. Everybody. No, no one. Nobody. Nobody. Marijuana monkey. Um, cocaine bear. Yes. He listened. She said. Yes. <laughs> walk with you. Uh, uh, walk with you. Uh, run with me. No, catch me if you can. Stand no. by me. Stand by- skin and nothing. Skin with nothing. Skin and nothing. <laughs> skin and nothing. Uh, skin and nothing. It's something. It's something. Bones and all. Ah, oh, okay, that's hard. Democracy of darkness. Uh, revolution of night. No. <laughs> Empire of Light. Empire of Light. Do relax, babe. Oh, do you relax, babe? Uh, uh. Oh, don't worry, don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. Yes, darling. Tip my tongue. Repair front valley. 
Bright, Brokeback Mountain. Yes. <laughs> First Easter. Last Christmas. And the Queen of Manhattan. The King of Comedy. No, no, sorry. The King of... King of... King, the king, king of Staten of Island. Island. I don't know why. It's on the tip of my tongue. I know what I'm doing wrong. Oh, I love that. That's good. Comedy. Good, good. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. You, you're, you're tired. You're tired. Exhausted. Well done. I'm oh, happy with those. That. Such that. good fun. I liked He Listened. <laughs> she, <laughs> yeah, said. she said. <laughs> and also, Do Relax, babe. <laughs> good work. I thought it was like an opposite to She Said. It's like, what would never happen? But he also, listened. like, thematically, that yeah. works with the film. He listened. Very good. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pulp Kitchen. Don't forget, we post new episodes of the show every single Wednesday. And continue to follow us and support us on Instagram and TikTok and, and YouTube. Like, subscribe, share it. Get your partner's comment, phone. Comment on it and tag a friend who you think you should watch this video. Yeah. Go and rate us on Spotify. Leave us comments on yeah. Apple Podcasts, feedback, reviews. Yeah, it's always good. We love it and we really value it and it does help us to grow and we really appreciate it. It does also give us a nice little boost and we go, oh, we love doing this. Yeah, I like checking up on the Spotify reviews. Be like, oh, God, lovely reviews. So thank you so much. So please continue to do that. Um, and we will see you next, next week. week for episode 91. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>